Well, welcome to Good Friday. Before we get any further, think about what Cheryl just read. And let me ask you this question to start our, our talk. Who do you relate to most? Who do you identify with most in that reading? Who do you relate to and who do you identify with most? Do you relate to Pilate most? The soldiers? Jesus? The crowds? The Jewish leaders? The disciples? Who is it that you can most identify with? with in that reading let's pray father we thank you that you are with us today that your holy spirit lives inside of us and that you've given us your word and that as we look at your word today we pray that you will help us understand it help us to know what it is that um will allow us to draw closer to you, understand you better and understand the sacrifice that Jesus made for us today. We pray for this in your son's name. Amen. It's an interesting thing how we approach Easter and even just the Bible generally today in the West. Um, We're so very civilised. We're so much smarter. We, we know so much more. We, that often in our civilised state where we know so much, we lose a lot of what the Bible was actually trying to teach us. And Easter's one of the most obvious times we lose that. I'm not sure when it was the last time that you went out and sacrificed a bull or sacrificed a lamb. And back then, when you took a bull or a lamb or a goat or something to the priest to sacrifice, you didn't just dump it there and walk away. You put your hand on it as it was sacrificed, as it was killed. We can't comprehend that today. We can't comprehend the mess of it all. We can't understand a lot of the symbolism that comes through because we don't understand the culture so well because we're so much smarter today in 2022. Anyone want to have a guess at what today is? Other than Good Friday? 15th of April. Have a guess. What was that? Actually, no, I've already given you the answer. It's have a guess day. It's an American thing, but I couldn't resist. And what it encourages is to follow, have you ever had a hunch? 
We've all had hunches over the years about all sorts of things. But have a guest day is all about encouraging follow your hunches. And so I thought I'd throw that in because if you've never truly explored who Jesus is and truly explored the context of what happened back then 2,000 years ago and truly understand what actually took place and how brutal it was, here's a chance to go with that hunch. Who's seen Passion of the Christ? How many people? A few? Not many? I'd urge you to watch it. I really would. The movie itself was obviously, I'm sure you know, was directed by Mel Gibson. Um, There is definite Catholic tones in there, which I go, "Eh." but Mel Gibson is Catholic, so it's natural to expect it. (laughs) But the reason I, I recommend people go watch Passion of the Christ is for the very same reason you've probably never watched it and would probably turn it off halfway through. It's absolutely brutal in its graphic nature of what Jesus went through. The very reason I say to you, I recommend you watch it from start to finish, is the very same reason most people turn it off halfway through, because it is absolutely graphic. But that's what Jesus went through for us. It's probably about the closest thing you'll actually see in 2022 in our society, in our age. It's about the closest thing you'll see to be able to truly understand what went on 2,000 years ago, what Jesus actually suffered for us. And it is brutal. The beatings, the whips that often had bits of bone and metal woven into the whip. And when they whipped him, it wasn't just a whipping. It wasn't just crack, 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 crack. When it landed, they flicked their wrist. There were many people who didn't survive the flogging. They didn't even get to the crucifixion because they already died from the brutality of the flogging. And by watching that movie, there's a very interesting portrayal of Pilate in that movie. See, the whole situation of Jesus, as brutal as it was and as physical as it was and as much of a spiritual battle as it was, it was also extremely political. It was extremely political. The whole, the whole thing from the time Jesus was arrested right through to his crucifixion and beyond it was political, that everyone was playing the political games. And if we just look at Pilate in in this passage, you'll see three basic levels of what the Jews tried to do, reasons they tried to use in order to have Jesus crucified. And each one of them has a political aspect to it. They were playing the games, the political games, the Jewish leaders as was Herod, as was Pilate. Everyone was playing the political games. The first level, if you, go, if you think back to what was read, they say he's a king. 
Now, Rome didn't like foreign kings too much. And so anyone claiming to be a king meant they're a threat to Rome. And human life was very cheap to Rome. Very cheap. Nobody thought a thing of flogging a person and punishing them on suspicion. You wouldn't get away with it today, would you? Oh, we're going to put this guy in jail for five years because we think he might have done something maybe, but even if he didn't, it doesn't matter, he's still spending five years in jail. And there'd be a horrific outcry if we did that today, but 2,000 years ago with Jesus, there was nothing. Okay, flog him. Yeah, I think he's innocent. Yeah, I don't think he's worthy of death. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything. I think he's harmless. But I'll, have, I'll flog him. Why? Why is he flogging him if he thinks he's innocent? Human life was very cheap to Romans. So someone claiming to be a king, that's very political. But it didn't work. So then they tried to call him the son of God. The Jewish leaders tried to call Jesus the son of God. One slight problem, he is. But in their law, anyone who came along and said, I'm the son of God, had to be put to death. Unless, of course, you were the son of God. And they weren't allowed, from a legal perspective, to go and carry out their laws to that degree. Rome gave the Jews a fair degree of freedom. Um, as a bit of a special favour for something the Jews had done a, a while back before this point. Um, and so the Jews had a little bit more freedom than most countries that Rome occupied, but they still didn't have that much freedom to be able to go and kill someone for blaspheming. And so they needed Rome to execute Jesus. And that level of political manoeuvring didn't work. And so they went with the big guns. They went with the big guns. If you don't crucify him, you're no friend of Caesar. Now we look at that today and we go, oh, okay, whatever. Not a, not a friend of Caesar. That, let me try and explain that slightly to you. That is a massive threat. The Jews had been known to go to Rome to complain about Different people. And some of Pilate's contemporaries would have been executed. Pilate would know people who were executed simply because they were deemed no friend of Caesar. This is a massive threat. Pilate's at this point going, I am in serious trouble in my position. So you've got the religious leaders playing the political game You've got Pilate trying to play the political game. Herod just, who's not really mentioned in here, but when Jesus goes to Herod, what does Herod do? Put on a circus for me and sends him away because Jesus wouldn't do any miracles. What are the crowds doing in this reading? They're following blindly. So 
Again, I ask you, who do you identify with? Who do you relate to most in this reading? Pilate? Herod? Crowds? Religious leaders? Disciples? And if you're listening to the reading, you would say, well, hold a sec, the disciples weren't mentioned in the reading, that's right. <laughs> My point exactly. <laughs> so how did Jesus respond to all this? We've, we've focused a lot on the religious leaders so far. We've spoke, focused a fair bit on Pilate and we've mentioned Herod and there's soldiers and there's beatings. And What's Jesus doing in amongst all this? He is focused on God. He is focused on God's will. And there is nothing diverting him off that. If you go back over Jesus' ministry and you go back through all four Gospels, you'll see time and time and time again the political manoeuvring of the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, all these people... In the Jewish setup, they're all playing these political games, manoeuvring themselves and trying to put Jesus in a little box. Where do we fit Jesus? What box does he go into? Because once he goes into a box, we can then know how to deal with him because he's causing us a number of headaches. And so right throughout Jesus' ministry, there's all this pull to do right through his ministry. I'm focused on God absolute joke of trials and then in is an absolutely brutal one as we spoke about where you're going to get crucified and Jesus was so weak from the beatings and the floggings that he couldn't carry his cross the whole way so they had someone else carry it for him drove nails through his wrists And there he is. Naked. On the cross. You know how hard it is to breathe on a cross? With all your body weight sagging down, your lungs collapse, you can't just breathe. There's only one way to breathe. Push yourself back up using your legs, but you're also nailed to the cross to be able to get that breath of air. Then you slide back down the cross again. Then you push yourself up with your back looking like a raw hamburger. And these crosses weren't the sort of crosses you see in most churches where they're all sanded and varnished and polished. And So your raw hamburger of a back is now getting full of splinters as you try gas for every breath. That's the punishment Jesus took that we deserved. We deserved eternal separation from God. We deserved to have to pay the, our own price for the shortfalls that we have done. Yet Jesus did it for us. 
it's quite interesting if you think back to what I read with the table and you, the reading in Hebrews. And Jesus, by coming and paying that ugly, awful, painful price, did away with the Old Testament covenants and sacrifices and that's why we don't have an altar set up here and bringing in a bull each week. Marion, you'd be in trouble with that red top if we had a bull coming in. I've watched enough bunny cartoons to know that you're in trouble. But that's why we don't do it because Jesus did it for us. Jesus sacrificed himself, which was so opposite to the world, for people that he loved, which is so opposite the world. Jesus, the one and only perfect person, died for imperfect people, you and me. And that's what Good Friday is all about. It's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? We often think that we're doing God a favour. I put my five dollars that I found in my wallet in the in the bag. I come to church when I can. I pray sometimes. Occasionally I'll crack open the Bible and read it. We think that we're doing God a favour by doing these things. We're not doing God a favour. God doesn't need favours. God wants you. Like we spoke about last week, living sacrifice. What's a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice is not the things you do, it's you. By offering yourself to God, the things that will then naturally flow out of you are those acts. But to focus on the acts without focusing on giving your heart to God... That's not what God wants. That's not why he came to earth to pay for the sins for you and me. He wanted a relationship. He wanted a relationship. And that's why Jesus says in Luke 9.23, if you wish to follow me, you must pick up your cross daily and deny yourself. And we lose that. We don't understand really what Jesus is saying with that. We go, oh yes, Jesus is saying you must commit to following me and you've got to be serious about it. But 2,000 years ago, when you're telling someone to be willing to pick up their cross daily and follow them, what they're saying is you've got to be prepared to put your life on the line and not just be willing to die, but the the cross was the most disrespectful and it was the most frowned upon way, it was the highest shamed way you could die in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was by and large still an honour-shame society. The more honour you had, the better it was. The more shame, the worse it was. They viewed honour and shame as we view money today. There was a limited amount of it, and so therefore if we have an argument and I win the argument, I get more honour, you lose honour. And the cross was the worst way, the most shameful way to die. 
Now, when Jesus says, you must be willing to pick up your cross daily and follow me, he means you must be willing to endure as much shame and pain and rejection and dishonour everything thrown at your way for me every single day just like I'm about to do it for you and the context of Luke 9.23 was Jesus predicting his own death so he's just predicting his own death and then he's saying if you want to follow me you've got to be prepared to go through all this as well you may have to, you may not have to but you've got to be willing to do it And so how important is our journey with Christ to us? We talk about Good Friday, we talk about the cross. I've said go watch Passion of the Christ. We've spoken about how political it is. But how important is your walk with Christ, your relationship with Christ? A relationship is a two-way thing. Good Friday should produce some mixed feelings. Good Friday shouldn't be just a happy-go-lucky day. Sure, there's, it's wonderful to thank God for what he's done, but at the same time, and held in good tension with that, is the fact that he did it because we mucked up. We drove him to the cross because we failed God. It was us who put him on the cross. It was our life choices that put him on the cross because God created us for a relationship with him. For God to not go to the cross, it means his entire creation is permanently 100% locked out of balance and we can't enter into his presence. We can't worship him properly. We can't possibly have the relationship with him that we were created to have. And so Good Friday should, in some respects, be a good day. We should be happy because we get to the day Jesus shed his blood. Sunday we're going to look at the resurrection and why the resurrection needed to happen. The resurrection wasn't just an outworking of Friday. It actually needed to happen. And we're going to look at that on Sunday. But let me ask you this. And it's a similar question to what I've asked before. As we've spoken about the various people today, we've spoken about Pilate, mentioned Herod, religious leaders, soldiers, Jesus, disciples, conspicuous by their absence. Instead of asking you who do you identify with, who do you relate to most, I want to ask you a slightly different question. If we looked at your life, if we looked at the decisions you have made, Till this point, if we look at the things you had done and not done, who are you in this story? What does your life and your life choices up till this point and the, what you have shown matters to you most by way of what you have chosen what does that point to in this story today? 
See, we are called by God to have a relationship with him. And that's why Jesus came, because we couldn't earn that relationship. We couldn't have that relationship by ourselves. And by being in that relationship with God, we're journeying with Jesus day in, day out. It's a daily thing. It's not a once-for-all decision. And that journey means that sometimes we need to go just up me and Jesus and we're going a particular way because that's what Jesus has led me to. But most of the time it's done in a family context, it's done in a community context. You can't go out alone permanently and just be, I'm a Christian, me and Jesus, I don't need church, I don't need other believers, I don't need all the Bible, I don't need all these things. Yes, you do. So are you looking out for yourself in your career like Pilate? Are you looking out for your position of influence like the religious leaders? Are you not looking out for anything at all and just blindly following what feels good at the time like the crowds? Are you too scared to do anything whatsoever like the disciples or are you focused on God's will like Jesus? Because that's who we're called to model and identify with most. We're called to be like Jesus and that means when we read a story like this, we should actually be thinking, yes, I can understand Jesus in this. I identify with Jesus because I spend time with Jesus and I understand Jesus a little bit better because he is impacting my life. Show me one other God from across history of, of humans. Show me one other God who came to earth to die for their creation so their creation could have a relationship with them again. There is not one other belief system in the world never has been and I doubt there ever will be a belief system where the God comes to the creation dies for the creation so the creation can come back into a right relationship with the God only Christianity says that only Christianity says that God created the heavens and the earth Humans were the pinnacle of that creation and when humans rejected him, he comes to earth, dies for his creation so his creation can come back into relationship again. And that's what Good Friday is all about. That's how much you are loved. But it's not about a one-way trip. And it's not about a isolation trip. I need you. You need me, you need him, he needs her. We're a family. We journey together closer to Christ and that's what brings him honour when he was dishonoured so badly on Good Friday. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that... earn it we haven't earned it we can never earn it but you sent Jesus to shed his blood so that we can have a relationship with you again because you love us so much and I pray to you that our lives will reflect you that 
our choices will bring you glory, that we will understand the amazing price that you paid and that we will live our lives according to that in your son's name. Amen.